Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am. Because today is a day that the Lord hath made. And we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know, we have a very uh, important day today. As many of you guys know, I've been going through a personal issue, but I just want to open up to you guys and kind of share with you guys. There's, I would like to have prayer today at 11.45 a.m. As we're about to have a decision being made. Is it sad to have people uh, come out and speak against you? Yes. Is it sad to have people uh, mischaracterize you? Yes. I think it's important that we also take a look at our hearts. I think it's important that we take a, have people look at what we stand for on our biblical values. And I can promise you this. We are in a world where there's deception all around. We are in a world where misinformation is the best way to get distract people. If you are mis if you're being miscategorized, well that's a pro- that's a you problem. And if you are if you even dare stand up for what is right, you are also mischaracterized. You know, I think we have to take a bigger look at our hearts. And we also have to take a bigger look at what we what we stand for. Because it is important as Christians to really look hard at our lives. To really emphasize the the importance of what people think, the importance of our biblical values. Because we aren't going to have a nation if we just sit on the if we sit on the sideline. We aren't going to have a nation. We aren't going to have an opportunity for you guys to grow, for your generation to grow. Because this is a troubling time in the troubling world. We are in trouble and we are in peril times. Is it disappointing? Yes. Did we ever, did I expect to have this kind of travesty that's, uh, if you stand, even stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance? Did I have that, um, did I ever think that was going to come and attack me? No. I didn't know that when you stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance, people were going to go after you. But this should have been expected because we live in a world where people are lost and they are godless. This is what happens when we are in a world where they don't know Jesus. And we are supposed to meet people where they are at. We're supposed to meet them in the middle. But we're also, we are also supposed to touch the brokenhearted. And this brings me to another point. Through all these trials and tribulations that uh, you know, I'm personally going through, it's definitely had a lot of time to reflect on my faith. It's been more of a humbling experience. It's been an experience that will carry with me for the rest of the years to come. It's a rude awakening. And this really tells that we have, as brothers and sisters in Christ, a lot of work ahead of us. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to hold each other accountable for our actions. 
as brothers and sisters in Christ, sitting around being complacent is no longer an answer. It is taking action, doing what is right, and holding people accountable for their actions. And so I want to start that off with um, that kind of monologue because it's something that I'm going through. And it's interesting because this brings on to another point. And I was supposed to come out with um, rewiring and coming up with a declaration. But when life hits you and when the storms of life hits you, it's like all you're dependent is upon God. And how awesome is that? And it seems like I'm, it's easier said than done, but I don't know how I'm getting through these days. It is only but God, not but Sassam, but God. So with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you. We thank you, Lord, that we can just come here and glorify your name, O Lord. We can also come here to praise your name and to thank for everything that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us another day to worship you. We are so blessed to have you come into our hearts. We open and receive you openly, Lord. May you guide, so Lord, I may you guide my heart that I may glorify your name. And in your Father's name we pray. Amen. And amen. So in Philippians chapter five or chapter one, I mean we're taking a look at Philippians again, but it's not chapter four, it's chapter one. And it reads Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it just as it is right for me to think of this to you, of you, because I have you in my heart, in so much as both in my chains, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are Jesus, which are by Jesus Christ, into the glory and praise of God. And I absolutely love this because verse twelve means so much in our lives right now. 
Christ is preached. Christ is preached in no matter what in this, no matter what part of your life you are in. No matter if you want to witness to people, you have to go out into the world. You have to find the person at their worst. Majority of the time, that's where I find them. We don't find people like that go inside open church doors. We don't open up the church doors and say, all right, guys, welcome. Come on in. People that are dealing with addiction. People that are dealing with horrible thoughts. We don't, they don't come in. We have to find them. We find people at the worst moments of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because it's a humbling experience for you as a witness unto Christ. Because you get to see their lives change. And you also get to witness to them of how God interceded in your life. How God worked and loved you so much that he fixed you from your uh, low spots of life. And verse 12 states, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole play or to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak and the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. In every single circumstance that you face, every trial and tribulation that you face, Christ was preached to you. And I feel like that this is a, a teaching moment in my heart. That this is a time when Christ is, I'm still, Christ is teaching in me no matter what. We never grow out of the time, the word that when we always grow is regeneration. When we regenerate ourselves, we're always acknowledging to grow in Christ. We're always growing and wanting a stronger and loving relationship with him no matter what. How awesome is that? And verse 27, and this talks about suffering. And yes, I'm going to talk about it. And the consequences of following Jesus Christ. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear from your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind. Striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of predation, but to you of salvation, and that from God, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, 
having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Amen. Amen. We will all suffer what Christ has paid for us. We will all suffer. If we truly follow Jesus Christ, if we truly follow his word to the T, if we follow what he has in state, if we follow for what he has in for us, we will pay the suffering like he's ne we've never paid before. We will be uncomfortable at times in our lives. And that is a moment that I like to say, you can't control the suffering. And I like to state this. The goat. What is the goat of the Bible? It means the greatest of all times of reframing was Apostle Paul. Paul had a strategic plan for advancing the gospel to go to Rome. If he could get to Rome and preach Jesus to the leaders there, the city could become a launch pad to spread the gospel all over the world. When Paul finally got to Rome, it was not to share Jesus with government officials. He went there as a prisoner. He was locked up under house arrest, chained to a rotting conduit of guards, awaiting a possible execution. And Paul prayed for an opportunity, but it was not happening. Paul's circumstances were out of his control. Circumstances are almost always out of our control. Don't you find that a little bit odd? No matter the circumstances, you know, we're hoping to have a good circumstance in our life. We're always hoping to go in a positive direction. We are wanting a positive circumstances. But nine out of ten, when we hope to have a positive circumstance, or we want to have something go our way, it never turns out to be the same. It truly never does. And I think it's important that we truly look at our hearts. What do we do during tough circumstances? Do you fold up like a lawn chair? Or do you fight for what is right? That is up to you. He wrote to the church at Philippi about what was happening to him. What might he have said? We might wonder. Well, here are a couple instances. He could have written, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. I wanted to spread the good news through preaching to government officials, but that did not happen. As a result of this hell I've been through, I've decided prayer doesn't work and I'm never going back to church again. That Paul could have written that, and I mean, I hate to say it, but that could have been acceptable uh, if you only experienced what Paul went through. And I'm sure that in your life as well, whether it's addiction that's controlling you or whether the circumstances you're going through, it really, really sucks. And there are times where you just want to curl up and say, okay, what, what is this? Why is this happening to me? And what can I do to counteract this? And so, but Paul didn't write that, as a matter of fact. Paul praised what was going on to him. And this brings me back to Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 14. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. 
And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and, and boldly speak God's message without fear. Amen. And amen. And I look, I look at Paul, for instance. There are instances in your life where you're going to have a Paul moment. Where you're going to have a moment where you speak out some, against something that is absolutely wrong. And you speak out and you defend yourself. You speak out and people are going to go after you. You speak out for the right things, but the broken world, the, the, the satanic devil, will make sure that he will do everything in your power to undermine you. Even if you have family members that go after you. And Paul was saying, <clears throat> I had a plan, but God had a better plan. And God does always have a plan. God always has a plan that's a lot better than ours. This is a whole different way to advance the gospel than I was ever thinking. God has blessed me with prison guards who are chained to me. They have no choice but to listen to me to tell them about Jesus. These soldiers have the ear of influential leaders. And get this, every eight hours, they chain a new guard to me, and they think I'm the prisoner. Ha! God is moving all the time. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see what he does next. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. You cannot control what happens to you. You cannot control the circumstances you go through. But you can control how you frame it, how you react to it, how you counter-argument. That's why the third tool to change what you're thinking is to reframe principle. Reframe your mind and restore your perspectives. When you restore our perspectives, we're thinking of it in a biblical way to the point where we don't think that way anymore. We only glorify upon God. We think what God has for us. Amen. And amen. And with this in mind, I think it's respectable that we end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Lord, I am so blessed that you've come into my life. I am so blessed that you just are looking upon me. That I'm a child of yours, Lord. Child of the Most High. Child of whom I love so much. Lord, you are a merciful Father. I am so blessed that you can just protect me along the way. I pray that you can just guard my heart. That you can protect and guide me no matter what happens. Lord, I continue to pray over my heart. I also pray that you can just watch over me, my life, the storms I'm going through. I can't wait to what, you're, what you have in store because I surely don't know what's going on in my life. Lord, I, because at this point, you are in the driver's seat. I'm just in it for the ride. Anyway, this is normally odd for me to be in the back seat or in the passenger seat. But you have a bigger plan, a better plan than I would have ever had. So, Lord, I just pray that you continue to watch us and to guard us on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross our finish, I know, Lord, 
we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I want you to remember, never lose hope. Never lose to the battle you are willing to die on. Always hold on to the values that you love and cherish. And never back down on freedom. And never, ever, ever back down on your relationship with God. Because he will take care of you. Remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.